Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Well, and boy, howdy, good afternoon to you. It is Harry Alexander and uh, Bunker de France here on Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. Todd Roberts is someplace. I don't know where he disappeared to. He was with us. And hopefully he'll be back with us uh, in uh, not too uh, not too distant future. Uh, this is the end of the month. It is Movie Saturday on the program, and every Movie Saturday we are live at the White Stallion Ranch, just north of Tucson, and that's where we're at today. And our topic today: we've got the cast, uh, or two thirds of the cast anyway, of the uh, Insp INSP TV network hit show called The Cowboy Way. Let's welcome to our Cowboy Way, Alabama. Cowboy Way, Alabama. And let's welcome to our uh, telephones here. It's Cody Brown and or Cody and, and Booger. And boy, I'll tell you what, there's just way too many names. Gentlemen, welcome. Howdy, guys. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Howdy. Hey. Well, let's see here. I, I'm going to try and... Harry's probably going to talk about the show more. I want to talk about you guys' ranch. Well, well, why don't we talk about the show first? Well, go ahead and talk about the show. Then. Let's talk about the show. Uh, now, this is an interesting concept. I know INSP, it's a faith-based network, and absolutely nothing wrong with that. A, a perfect thing. And uh, they, te- they j- almost always do some really, really, really good programs. Don't mind the beeping there. That's just another phone call. Um, and uh, what was the genesis of this particular program? Which one of you guys wants to uh, embark on that? Uh, go ahead, Cody. Take it over. Boss, man, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I ain't heard a word you said yet. <laughs> Get that earwax out. Boy, that's a, yeah. that's some good technical stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I know y'all are the voices of the West talking to the sons of the South, but if I can't hear you, then we can't communicate. I hear that. That is for sure. I hear that. I hear that. I'm not sure what all we can do. We've got the... We got the best phone line going here. I can hear him playing his well, how day. About lay, lay it on me one more time. I, I, I'd love to, I think they're asking to kind of tell us about the show. I'd love to tell you about it if you got a moment. Yeah, yes, that's sure. what we want to know. Okay. I can tell you, it's kind of about uh, three guys, you know, running a ranch and everything and working and working together and just kind of taking on the world. I mean, you know, Cody has his own business, uh, Full Moon Cattle, and he has his cattle going, and I have my business, Booger Brown Cattle and Performance Horses. And we also have another cast uh, star, uh, Bubba. And what we do is, you know, it's a lot about us um, working every day. We do a lot of cow trading. Uh, Cody, he has a cow sale every year. I was a competitor last year at Road to the Horse. Um, the, the, the show and the production crew goes and follows us out throughout that. Road to the Horse is a pretty prestigious cold start competition that happens in Lexington, Kentucky every year. So when I... They followed us through them. They followed us through our lives. We're constantly, we're, uh, our families are growing. Season two was about me, uh, meeting, meeting the love of my life, meeting my wife and, and, uh, and, and my little boy now and, uh, Cody's, uh, children. Uh, Cody has a son. Uh, they kind of follow just everyday life and ranching and, um, you know, really the ups and downs of life, just like every family and everybody else. But we're they're showing our side of the cowboy world. Well, that that's a beautiful thing. Well, tell us, uh, Jacqueline, from what I've read on her, she sounds like a pretty interesting lady, and I think you probably got a pretty darn good catch there. And uh, <laughs> I guess she came with a ready-made family. Uh, tell us a little bit about Jacqueline and Matthew. I sure I'd love to. You know, uh, Jacqueline. Um, she don't like the word widow, but that's what she is. She, um, you know, she lost her prior husband to melanoma cancer and uh, had a little boy, Matthew, was 13 months old when uh, his father passed away. And y'all boys are getting me all choked up telling the story. <laughs> that's good. But, uh, 
my whole life I've had a passion for children, and I just uh, I love children. I think that's a lot of the problems that we see in this world today is children didn't have a father figure, and the mother could only do so much. Amen. And you know, and and with Matthew coming up as a little boy, he uh, I was able to meet Jacqueline. And How's that? Matthew come along, and he just man, I I couldn't write down and draw you. A now we have your time. And could of a more perfect child for me. I mean, he is my right hand man. He has got a big personality. Okay, I'm gonna call, call you right back. I'm gonna call you back. Hello. Uh, what's Todd, going on? Here? Uh, uh, it was Todd. Don't worry. <laughs> well, you know, Hello? I guess we we're looking here at a fifth generation Brown then uh, in the cattle business. Yes, sir. I believe so. His uh, his father done well for himself working, and he was a people's person. And Matthew's the same way, and he he loves cowboy, and he loves it. I mean, he loves riding horses, and he don't come from a cowboy background at all. And Jacqueline definitely does it. And Jacqueline, you know, she's a pharmacist at a hospital there in Pensacola. She's been there about ten years, and I, I'm proud of her accomplishments. And um, I don't know, we're really two different people, but when we met. We knew we had the same goals in life, and, and that was you know uh, a showcase in season two of our show, and that was a huge turning point for our show, but it was so real. And also myself is, uh, you know, I've had ups and downs myself. You know, we've had a ranch there in Alabama um, for over 30 years, and we've faced with some hard times. And we was then up forced to sell our family property, and that's something I put my blood, sweat, and tears into making, yeah, building right. fences, and growed up right there, and had every memory. Memory, and what's really cool about our show is the realness. As when we was filming the selling of that property, you know, production wanted me to relive it and tell what I knew on the inside about that property, and I realized at that point through having a TV show showed me things that I didn't didn't know I knew about my family property, mm-hmm. so to speak. And this is what my granddaddy give his he give his life savings to move to Alabama from South Florida where he had lived his whole entire life. You know, three generations or two generations, his daddy and his granddaddy come over from England and help settle South Florida. He come a um he was a trader with the with the natives. I mean, they they were still raiding at that time, and and he learned how to trade and how he how he made bonds with them is through his word. But with all that said, this family property is something that my whole family has put into and made happen, and then end up being forced to sell and, and right in front of my eyes. So, man, I I never realized how many memories and what that place really meant to me. But hey, it's real life. But God still got me here on earth. He's ready to. He's got me loaded up, ready to fight another battle. So I, obviously, he's not done with me yet, or I wouldn't be here. Yeah, was that an action auction sale, or uh, how did they go about that? It come to the point that we had to sell, or we was uh, slowly out from being foreclosed on. Uh-huh. And you know, a cool thing I have, um, I you know, and I get really touchy and teary eyed about a couple things in life, and one of them is that family property. One of them, my granddaddy, and another one, the man I've never met before, and that's my son's father. <clears throat> and uh, he's definitely not my stepson; he's my son. But right. you know, I uh, uh, we was faced toward toward a foreclosure, was able to sell before we got there, and I don't know, you know, it was just it's just some things you have to do. But like I said, I have asked, I have offered to buy that property back since then and man old god can turn your life around in about in two years you never know what's going to happen one day to the next and mm-hmm. it don't take long you know it might be 20 years going stale and then in two years everything changes and in two more years everything changes back the other direction yeah. so it's just it's just crazy times and i learned to just go with a roller coaster and roll it out and whatever i'm called to do is what i go do well you know uh, I was looking up some stuff about you, and there seems to be a great, great story about your great, great grandfather, Bill Goodhide, and uh, I'd like you to share that with us because I really enjoyed what I come across. Oh, that's super awesome! I'm glad you had that. Yeah, um, 
William uh, Goodhine, uh, he moved, he come over laying the transatlantic cable, and he ended up uh, hitting it to Key West, and a lady had hit him out for over three uh, uh, three weeks. Um, they held up the ship looking for him, so he changed his name from Goodhine to Brown, and ended up making a reservation, uh, making a trading post down in the Everglades, and become a started trading with the Indians. And my granddaddy growing up played with a lot more Seminole children than he ever did, uh, white children back then. And, uh, you know, a lot of the Florida ranches was homesteaded up around North Florida. They didn't come down there south of Joby. Mm-hmm. And because them boys are still raiding. Yep. And my granddaddy has told he used to, uh, Frank Brown, which was Bill Brown's son, he drove oxen, uh, from Fort Myers back and forth to the glades and they would come up with their plume birds, otters and gator hides and they would trade and he'd go to Fort Myers and get beets and spices and stuff and come back and forth and, my, and you know I hear tell like uh, my granddaddy this, this is just cool history right here and like there was an old Indian one time at a party that was trying to slip up and kill would be my granddaddy's mother and Ooh. you know he didn't he was still a raider back then. I mean, he wasn't domesticized, and they ended up, he tried to sneak up behind her and and, and kill her, and they had to uh, down him, and they tied him up. They tied him up like they would a hog. I mean, they tied him <laughs> down, and um, they tell them old stories, and people don't understand. They think they got it rough now. This stuff back there, they played for blood, <laughs> you know? So it was just, uh, it was some different times, and even... Frank Brown, which was William Brown's son, he was raised his whole life, which is my granddaddy's daddy. He was raised his whole life, and he became an Indian agent. So he was the one when they take, for example, made the plume bird, plume bird a uh, federal bird that was protected. Mm-hmm. He's the one they sent to the Indians to tell them to stop killing them. They're not allowed to kill no more. You know, so you're telling these people that's run this country their whole life, yeah. this area that they couldn't do something. He was the man for the job. And when they come, when he died, they came and to his grave and uh, gave him his Indian rights. The tribe did. They gave him just like he was an Indian and gave him his Indian rights and everything, which wow. was pretty awesome. You know, we didn't have a lot of social media and cameras back yeah, then. But that right. was pretty neat to see. Yeah. Have, we, sure. have we lost Cody altogether, or are you still? is he still there? I'm here, man. I'm. I can hear you better now. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad your ears are working finally here. Uh, yeah, well, he's with us. Cody enjoys a lot of this history too. He has some Greek and some Indian back. I'm still blood, here. And he uh, and, he likes this stuff. I'm doing my granddaddy and and my grandma as well. Let's hear about your Indian history, Cody. Well, I'll I'm gonna start on my mother's side. My mother's side. My mother's mother so my grandma my yaya she come over here from greece and uh my papa which was my mother's father he come from bolivia and on my daddy's side they were creek indian and um one of my great great grandmas was a creek indian princess and in the county i live in baldwin county in this area this very this community that i still live in today it's called elsinore i mean it's literally a speck on the, on the map. It is a very small community. It's a farming community. Um, but the first settlement was an Irish man had come here years ago and he had traded for a, a Creek Indian gal and they raised a family right here in the, 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 uh, the fireplace to their home is still right here. Hmm. And on my dad's side, my great, great grandfather, his name was Guy. He owned a horse trading depot. He was not Indian. He was the Irish part, okay? Um, He was a rough old cod, if you can imagine (laughs) back in them days. Just a rough old horse trader. Had a little old speakeasy, you know, like a dew drop in right there by the... (laughs) It was like a car lot. Like we would have a car lot now. You go up there and pick your car. He had a place just like that, but it was horses tied up. And the story goes that... He had that little old bar right there on that place because he'd take them customers in there and buy them drinks and get them a little wobbly-headed, then take them out there and let them buy something that they really couldn't afford or really didn't need, but he could sure sell it to them. Most excellent. Well, you know, I've got a question for you, Cody, because uh, I don't know how you do this, but how does Santa fit a cow under a Christmas tree? 
You know, I don't think that you fit the cow under the tree. I think you fit the tree over the cow. Well, that just, would work. Uh, that's my philosophy there. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, I've I got another question for you here then. Um, I like people that write because that's how we learn things. And I understand you have a book out called My Word is My Bond. And uh, how's the book doing? And tell us a little bit about it. You know, I've been super blessed. I'm not going to speak numbers, but that book has sold more copies than I would have ever thought of in my wildest dreams. And I wrote that book. Um, you know, the show was a platform, and I'm very thankful for the show. And I knew that the show would help promote the book. And, I, and with all that aside, the reason I wrote that book is I'd give my grandpa my word. He had been asking me for several months to go. He's got this fishing hole. He wanted me to ride out there on the boat. My grandpa's been ailing for a long time. He's a, a Purple Heart, Silver Star, Vietnam vet. He's a rough dude. He had knocked his teeth down your throat, but he's a good guy. Um, he served our country and served it well, and I love him to death. He's my hero. So I'd give him my word um, that I would go clean this fishing hole out for him. Yep. And it rocked on, and life kind of got in the way, and uh, a kid and business and a show and just really selfish greed, and I just kind of put it on the back burner. Well, my papa got really sick, and he was on his deathbed. And actually, uh, Booger and myself were in Los Angeles. We were out there doing what's called pickups for our show. And Booger's actually the one that come to me that uh, my, my wife, my wife and Booger are really good friends. And, um, Misty had been trying to call me and she couldn't get a hold of me. So she called Booger and Booger had come to me and told me, you know, technically, you know, my pawpaw's in bad shape. And um, they're calling the family in. So I left, I made my, my trip to Los Angeles cut short, and I come home, and I see my papa on his deathbed, which, by the way, the character story is still alive. He pulled through. But um, anyways, the whole, the, the, whole, the whole premise of the book was I'd give my papa on my word that I was going to do something, okay. and I did. I'll call you back. And I almost lost it. I'll call you and back. And the last thing I had to, got to say to my papa, you know, at his wake or his funeral would have been, papa, I'm sorry I didn't quit your fishing hole out. I'd have never lived that down. So that's what made me write the book is how you, how important your word is and as a cowboy, as a human being, as a person, how your word is your bond. Right. I think it's great that you guys are living the code that uh, was set forth so many eons ago, and I, I, I think it's great. We're talking to, with the cast of the INSP television program, The Cowboy Way, Alabama. And they're embarking on their seventh season. Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles. Bunker DeFrance is here. I'm Harry Alexander. We're Hello, fellas. Be, we're gonna, I'm yes, here. I know you are. We're going to be back right after these very important messages. Do stay tuned. The land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club has served Southern Arizona since its original incorporation in 1948. We have a 9,000 square foot clubhouse with a restaurant and lounge and we're open year round for all your sporting needs. Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. 
Come out and join us at our world-renowned facility located here in the Old Pueblo, Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. For more information, call 883-6426. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. Back on Amal Franzi's The Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Los Angeles. It is our good friend Todd Roberts. What's that music from? Howdy. Howdy, Todd. That is uh, from a music service I subscribe to. Oh, <laughs> Harry, he's supposed to know that stuff. Well, I don't. We're talking to the cast of, uh, at least two-thirds of the cast of the INSB TV program, the Cowboy Way, Alabama, now getting into its seventh season and go. Uh, Todd, you got anything you want to uh, ask these guys? Yes. Um, and this is for either one of you, uh, Booger or um, the other gentleman, I forget Cody. his name. Cody. Cody. Um, you know, we always tease in our in our world of, of uh, film and television about how most working cowboys that we know Bunker was one, and our good friend who's no longer on the show because he's no longer with us, uh, Joe Dreyfus was a working cowboy. And how most Westerns, um, from your point of view, working cowboys, you know, you guys tease and call them odors. Uh, <laughs> like, instead of soap operas, they're odors. And uh, oats for a horse cow. Opera. I mean, for a horse. Um, and there are very few that you guys like because you don't find any realism in them. I, I'd love to ask you both, and if the if the one doesn't exist, it's okay. But is there a film that you know of that you grew up watching that you identify with as as a as a real western? Oh my God, Booger! Let's say it's the same. Let's say it at the same time. You ready? One, two, three. Long dove. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's one of the greatest. Ever. Good for you, fellas. Good yes. for you. Well, you know, I thought Good Booger would mention Gold Score, but I guess, I guess not. <laughs> so, <clears throat> that being, of course, Lonesome Dove. It's one of the most favorite westerns of all time. Uh, yeah, and most people, you know, people say that it, it, it it's equal to any film ever made, even though it was on television. Uh, is is there anybody? Is there anything else that comes close or is equal to that for you guys at all? I'm gonna say it's a step under. You want to try it, Cody? You want to try to say it at the same time? Ah, uh, no, because honestly, there's the only mistake that Lonesome Dove made, and I've watched from Streets of Laredo to Return to Manchie Moon. I watched all the whole trilogy. Don't can I finish this? Can I finish it, Cody? <laughs> Go I, for I it. What you're going to say, and I just totally disagree with it. No, no, no. Can I finish what the only mistake they made was? Go, go. Can I say the first? Can I say the first? Uh, can I say the first word to it? You can I say, can say that we're on the same page. Okay. Uh, it, it, okay. It has to do with gender. Go ahead. The gray horse was a geld, and they called him the hell bitch, which was a mare. Yeah, they do that all the time. In Hollywood. <laughs> they do that all the time. They don't think no one's going to notice. But were there any other films along the way that you guys have watched that you liked at all, other than Lonesome Dove? 
I got Booger, do yours because I disagree with you on this. But go ahead and I'll give you mine. Go ahead. Tombstone. Tombstone was, I mean, that was a, that was a real deal. It had so okay. many great characters in it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you guys. And, now, I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, wait, wait. Lead. Oh, okay, go ahead. Let him finish up. And, and Cody? I, I'm going with, I got to go with, I actually I'm going to go with two. First of all, I'm going to go with Cowboys of John Wayne because the Clay O'Brien Cooper was a baby playing in it. And I think that's so cool the guy that goes on to win a million gold buckles, you know. Mm-hmm. And But I really like the Cowboys movies. So the Cowboys with John Wayne with the Wagon. But I will say, the new and reformed 310 to Yuma with Russell Crowe in it was about a Western-looking sure. movie if I've ever seen one in my life. That was really cool. Okay. Okay. Wow. I'm going to put you guys on the spot here. Now, there's a a cowboy movie, a Western movie. Uh, Todd's dad produced it. He actually produced both of them. I worked on the first one. That's Monty Walsh. Now, that's pretty hard to beat. I know it gets it gets kind of cowboy at the end, but it's it's I think the beginning is like in the middle part is just awesome. Yeah, Monty Walsh, that's a good that's a good I like one. I like Monty Walsh. I tell you, the third one that steps out of my mind was Young Guns. Young Guns. Okay. Young Guns. I love some Young Guns, and I don't know them. Some of the ones I did, I loved old Monty Walsh. Now, don't get me wrong. I probably put Monty like four. I don't know some of them others. That's I just did Jet on. They just, you know, just stood out there so hard. Yeah, yeah. So I, I gotta ask you, fellas. I have a. I, I have a go flyer ahead, go ahead. at the house. This um, we have it in a case or a glass thing or whatever, and it whether it's real or it's not, I think it's real. But it's a newspaper article from way back in the day when Marshall Dillon was killed. And so I, I, I'm a huge fan of Gunsmoke. I love mm-hmm. the series, the black and white Gunsmoke. That's the half hour sure. love yeah. story. But it's good stuff. Well, I'm gonna. Let's, well, that's that's real good. Uh, those those were written really well. Let's let's talk about something a little different here. Let's talk dogs. Now, Booger's got eleven plus some pups. Cody's got a couple. Uh, what is this? It's uh, Cross and Dolly. And I got to tell you, I love the picture of Dolly and her pups. Yes, sir. Dolly. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, okay. Now, um, uh, okay. I'd say this, um, see, Booger, he loves curs. See, Booger grew up in big country down there in South Florida. So when they'd gather cattle, they'd gather several hundred and or thousands of acres of South Florida country, which most people out west don't know what that's like because it's nothing but, you know, uh, ponds, beaver ponds, anacondas, gators. You can't see mosquitoes. There's it's so thick, you can run dang near two or three dry cows an acre because there's plenty of grass, but it's a jungle. Mm-hmm. And he's got them cur dogs together than cattle up. Where I grew up, we grew up in small pastures, small traps, lanes, and a rodeo world. We used healers, you know, healer dogs to push the cattle. And that's where me and Booger, we bump heads all the time about it. He loves a cur, and I love a blue healer. Yeah. Well, you know, out here with our cactus, and of course I grew up in New Mexico, up, up in the Tall Pines, but, uh, you know, you can't beat a good dog uh, when you're gathering because they can get into spots that you can't. And a good dog knows what he's doing. Uh, and I think yeah. sometimes they're better than two cowboys. You bet. Well, they, I do they a sure lot don't complain. Of, well, hey, know, Booger? I do a lot of work by myself. Booger? I do a lot of work by myself and a lot of this stuff. Everybody's always too busy nowadays, and it's hard to find good help. Sure. Yeah. And I, I got cattle and operations and different stuff that I manage and do, and these cattle I buy. And I bought a mini cow to sale and put the dogs on them and make them good, upstanding citizens and put them good, through a good set of pens where that's all they needed, and the cows never give me a minute's trouble. I used to catch you and hook you off the fence, and then you put them in there and, and dog them and kind of show them right from wrong and put them in a set of pens where they actually got somewhere to go. You're not stopping them and stopping them. And these cows just, I mean, it just changes their whole attitude. It's crazy. And down, we, down here in South Alabama and, uh, all, you know, all down here in the South, it gets the 50. You ought to ride by a cow and be 10 foot from her. 
dinked her 25, and you ride right by her and not see her all day, and a dog run there, boom, and next thing you know, they got one bait up. So it just, it, it is so important. I put on a cattle drive every year, November 5th of this year, November 5th to the 8th, right here in Sampson, Alabama. We'll, I'll have a cattle drive, and I will, uh, I'll take fresh cattle. Like for, uh, take, for example, Thursday morning, we'll unload the trucks and trailers. People come in and camp. And I'll, we'll go to where the cattle are, and we'll get out, and we'll uh, gather the cattle, and we'll wad them up. And these cattle ain't never seen a dog. I don't shortchange them one bit. I mean, I do it just like just like I do it. If I got a big bunch of fresh yearlings out there, I go dog break them. And them cattle, we'll either uh, we'll get them gathered up, and we'll turn them out or whatever, and we'll uh, put the dogs on them, and they'll run, and they'll boil in a big pasture. And next thing you know, we might it might take us about an hour or two to go a mile or two. And uh, these cattle, when she try to move them, they'll bust, take off, and then the dog stop them. Mm-hmm. And before long, I'll have them cattle, and I'll drive them back about nine or ten miles back to camp. And the next day, I'll do the exact same thing. Thing, and then we come back into camp that evening when everybody gets kind of relaxed and the cattle are resting. And all we'll have bronc riding right there at the camp, or have a wagon race. A wagon race is bronc riding. Have a pasture open. We'll have some fun. And uh, on the third day, we take these cattle that was not dog broke, never seen a dog on Thursday. And by Saturday evening, we're driving them downtown Sampson, Alabama, right through the middle of Main Street. The sides of the roads are lined up with people, and we're pushing them right to the middle of town. So I, in all my getting around, I had a gentleman away back, don't live too far from me, and he, He'd pin about half his cows at a time. I said, man, you need to let me come dog break them cattle. And I said, it hit me. I said, you know, take the cattle drive. And everybody in this neck of the woods knows about the cattle drive. I said, on Thursday, they'd never seen a dog. And, and then Saturday, I'm pushing them down the middle of, of downtown, drop the mic. <laughs> you know? Nice. So that gives you a little bit of inside scoop on what dogs would do for you. You know, that's exactly what America's missing. Yeah. It's, you know, because that's what our show's about. It's about heritage, the past and the present. And I, I, I just thank you guys for... Or keeping that heritage alive and, and making it something mm-hmm. that, you know, it's not just you, it's your whole community. Yeah, that's something mm-hmm. that, that is sorely missing from, from this country and, uh, and the nation, national conversation uh, at this time. We're talking with the cast of the INSP television program, The Cowboy Way, Alabama. Harry Alexander Bunker to France and Todd Roberts with you. We'll be back with more right after these very, very important messages. Don't run away. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Paul Ash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Paul Ash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Skeet Club has served Southern Arizona since its original incorporation in 1948. We have a 9,000 square foot clubhouse with a restaurant and lounge, and we're open year-round for all your sporting needs. Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m., 
Come out and join us at our world-renowned facility located here in the Old Pueblo, Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. For more information, call 883-6426. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats, but did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movie Zealots podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like the Alexa quote of the show and may the odds be ever in your favor and have a from the cutting room floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC stubs or movie pass. So after finishing this podcast, please give the movies out podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google play. Simply search movies out until then. that's a wrap. Coming to you from the great southwestern United States. King, this case is closed. This is the Voices of the West. We are back on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander and Bunker de France. And Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles. Our guests are uh, two-thirds of the cast of the INSP television program, the Cowboy Way, Alabama. And guys, in case you're wondering, that was the theme to the High Chaparral television program that uh, my co-host here, Bunker de France, he did 52 of those, falling off of horses and fences and whatnot. And just tripping over myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm good at that. Sounds hey, I, like me on a Saturday night. Yeah, right. <laughs> Is that early or late Saturday night? Yes. <laughs> well, it depends on the, the Saturday. Yes, yes. <laughs> The better the Saturday, the later it goes, the yeah. worse the day. The guys, guys, what part of South Florida uh, were, were the stomping grounds? Just north of the Everglades? Actually, in the Everglades. In the Everglades. I, I grew up. It's uh, 25 miles south of Immokalee, about two hours south of Lake Okeechobee. Okay. Um, when you left, it was probably six miles from my house straight to the reservation. Uh-huh. Um, straight nothing but woods and we right below my house was about a about a mile was where our property started where we had cattle and i'm gonna guess it's probably an eighty thousand acre block wow. and you could leave our house and go to the everglades and or actually you could leave our house i guess you'd have to cross snake road or or i-75 down there and mm-hmm. that, you'd cross one road and you can make it to miami wow. and, uh, <laughs> because that's where the glade started yeah. so, i mean it was north alligator alley yeah. and uh it was well, big wild woolly swamp. I lived in Key West for um, going on fifteen years, sixteen, well, actually almost twenty. That's not years. too swampy. Yeah, and uh, I was I worked for the Florida Park Service and and had the opportunity to travel to a lot of uh, state parks in Florida. And at Ranger Academy, one of our instructors was uh, uh, a ranger who happened to be of the Seminole Nation, and the guy was just so fantastically interesting. To talk with and and we learned so much uh just by listening to this guy and, and customs and such and he, he was saying there's pla- there's parts in the glades that the, uh, the the people just don't go to anymore and uh a, a lot of the people in the glades know that and that's why they're in the glades <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did you did you uh did you go, i know you had to have went to big cypress preserve uh, oh, yeah. uh bear island and oh, yeah. panther hammock and all that oh, that's yeah. where our cattle was uh-huh ah okay well yeah right. i just want i just want to kind of mention something here because i know some folks out there listening 
they're probably thinking about, well, you know, Cowboys and Alabama, and they don't realize that Alabama, uh, Florida especially, yeah. down through the south, there's a lot of, lot of uh, farms and mm-hmm. ranches where people raise cattle. I had a good friend, uh, friend Mike Pritchard, who was from upstate New York, one of the best cowboys I ever knew. Uh, cattle yeah. industry in upstate New York, you know, wherever there's good grass or even bad grass like out here, yeah. there's cowboys. Oca- Ocala is, <laughs> I don't know if it's a, a capital of the of horse world, but um, there's certainly a lot of beautiful horses that come from that area. Mm-hmm. Ocala. So, yes, sir. Uh, fellas, I have to ask you, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time in Florida. My son lives in Vero Beach. And unfortunately, but nonetheless, he's there. And I've been in Florida a lot. So I know that, you know, Florida has the cowboys in Florida are known as crackers. And in uh, in uh, 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 in California, uh, Oregon, Idaho and northern Nevada, they're they're known as buckaroos and uh, different parts of the country. Cowboys have a different name. What are what is what is what is the indigenous cowboy name in Alabama for a cowboy? Um, what do you? What is your, your street slang? <laughs> booger and Cody. Okay, yeah, I like it. There's, there goes the booger, and there goes the Cody. Okay. There you go. Nice. Fair enough. No, nobody has a specific name for us. Them, them guys down in South Florida, where where Booger grew up, and you know, one of our good friends, Mr. Matt Pierce, he's a president of the Florida Cattlemen's Association there in Okeechobee. Um, you know, them, them cracker cattle, or cracker cowboys down there got the name from Cracking Whip. That's and Booker right. can tell you yeah. more about it than I can. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah. where I'm from, I don't, man, it, it. I live 30 miles north of Orange Beach, 30 miles uh, east of Mobile, and 30 miles west of Pensacola. So I'm in a really more of a road cropping it's an agricultural community, but there isn't many cowboys. So when Booger says the cowboys have a name, he actually was telling the truth. Yes, Booger or Cody, we got some buddies, you know, Randall or Johnny. I mean, there ain't a yeah. specific nickname because there ain't many of us, and they know us by name. Mm-hmm. They just okay. scratch their heads when they see you. <laughs> well, you I mean, know, yeah. you know that's that, that, that's kind of apropos in a way. Uh, like you go here in Tucson, which used to be a big cattle area, and you wear a cowboy hat around Tucson, and people look at you kind of strange. <laughs> now, when I was in California working the picture business, uh, you know, over here when I was working pictures, I wore a cowboy hat. When I got over to California, uh, all of a sudden I discovered if you wore a cowboy hat, you better be a wrangler and not a stuntman because they just they, they had to peg you. So what happens is that half the cowboys that were stuntmen, you see them in a baseball cap, pair of shorts, uh, you know, polo shirt, and and sneakers, and that was the cowboy uniform, and it was kind of wow. shameful. Wow. Yeah, it's all yeah, true. Sir, you, it's you, all true. I will you know. say this: if you catch me or Booger out in public dressed like that, we're either. Well, first of all, you'll never catch me in dressed <laughs> like that. But we might, you know, we live close to the Gulf of Mexico, so we Halloween like maybe. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going fishing. It, this ain't something we do for a living. This is something we live. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that makes me sad is because uh, so much of our cowboy heritage and our Western heritage, and all these people trying to be so darn cool today, they they feel ashamed to acknowledge that, you know, we played a part in our, in our country that still is essential. You know, you can't, you can't go to the grocery store without the farmer and the rancher. It's just that bottom line. Yeah, well, there is that great line in, in Monty Walsh where they said, as long as there's one cow being tended by one cowboy, the West is still alive. And I, I think that uh-huh. you guys live it every day and you keep it alive, and I and my hat is off to you both. Thank you very much. I'm actually over here in Georgia right now. I'm uh, I'm actually over here putting on a clinic. You know, we had 20 kids or not, yeah, we had 20 um, people participating today in a horsemanship clinic, and I'm just I'm over here putting on a clinic and passing on the knowledge and and teaching these children 
not just children. I had a lot of children at this specific clinic, but I get a lot of people all ages. I have them from eight to eighty, you know, and I um, am passing it on. And and something I have learned over here with the gentleman I meet. I'll tell you one of the coolest things that I do. This is a little bit off subject, but is when I go around putting on horsemanship clinics across the country, and it's the people I meet. It, it, it's awesome, man. I got to meet this guy today and. Uh, the guy that hosted this horsemanship clinic, and he's got a full gym behind there, behind his house, basketball courts and volleyball, and he does a lot of stuff at the church. And he's like, Booger, you know, and it's always been kind of a goal to might have something for some boys. You know, we've done a lot of stuff with the boys' ranch, and I love having these kids. I was like, you know, maybe we can have a little boys' uh, clinic over here, a youth ranch, and have a guest speaker to come in and preach to them and teach these boys how to be cowboys. But yeah, I don't know, going around and teaching some people and passing on the cowboy heritage, that's a pretty cool thing. Yes, it is. You bet. Yes, well, let's, let's, let's uh, Cody, I was kind of interested, but, you know, you got Full Moon Farm and Fence Company, and from what I understand, Harris and Company Fence Builders, you guys are pretty big out there. Yes, sir. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe that, but yes, sir. I, Booger, you know, Booger and myself, we both built fence, and Booger's built fence for a lot of folks. And, you know, about five years ago, I seen the building fence, if you grew up in the farming, rodeo, ranch, and whatever community, you know how to build fence. And I realized nobody in their right mind, about five, six years ago, nobody in their right mind wants to do that every day for a living. <laughs> so I've seen that as kind of a a necessity that was something that a service that's a public service that people need and my wife and i have turned that into a business you know in in year 2020 we'll build 60 miles and in alabama that's an astronomical amount out west it's probably not because y'all got wide open spaces but Mm -hmm. if, if i went 60 miles south i would be about 35 to 40 miles from the Gulf of Mexico from where I live. Uh, So, in this part of the country, 60 miles is a lot. But, yes, sir, I I, I love cattle. I don't love horses as much as Booger does. Booger's the horseman. I'm more of a – Booger loves cattle, too, but I'm more of a cattleman. I love buying and selling cattle. I could give two squirts about horses. I love them. I like to use them, but I don't have the love in my heart that Booger does for them. It's your tool. I've seen that when I was going to stockyard as a young man, and, and with a with old, old old gentleman or you know the guy, my mentors, you know there was always when we're in the cow business, you talk about yep. feed, grass, the weather, fences, you know tires on your stockyard. There's certain things that you talk about, so I wanted to do something that kept me in the in the thing that I love, and that's the cattle business. So. Our fencing business has grown astronomically, and we're super blessed. Um, you know, I've got two 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 fingernails hanging off right now. Well, I got two fingers with no fingernails on. I'm trying to say. <laughs> so, if you ever built fence, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. It's a blessing. Um, I wish I could have had an office job that paid the same, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm super psyched to build fence. And yeah. hey. Good fences make happy neighbors. It's, an, it's an accomplishment. It's an accomplishment that you can. I want to see. share something. Wait about a second. Fence. Oh, it's a, it's an accomplishment that you can readily see. We have to take our final break yes. here first, and uh, we're talking with the cast, uh, two thirds of the cast of the INSP television program, uh, The Cowboy Way, Alabama, and Harry Alexander, Todd Roberts, and Bunker DeFrance. We'll be back with. Much more of Amble Franzi's Voices of the West right after this. Stay tuned. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities 
activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallion.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Watch classic Western movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. Feel like I should be uh, getting ready for some exercise here. <laughs> Welcome back to the uh, final moments here of Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France. And in Los Angeles, it's our friend Todd Roberts on the phone. We've got two-thirds of the cast of the uh, INSP television program. The Cowboy Way, Alabama, Cody and Booger. And, uh, now, what was that from? Again, it's from a music service I subscribe oh, to. Harry, you're oh! I don't have the title right in front of me. I'll, oh, I'll make sure I have the. I'll make sure I have the title. Curious people want to know. Uh, sorry, sorry, boss. Well, hey guys, <laughs> tell us about the tornado. Which one? <laughs> oh, which one? Take your pick. Yeah, right. That's like, the tell one, me the one the, that you guys featured on the show. Tell <clears> me about the hurricane. <laughs> oh, oh her. Yeah, her. go ahead, Booger. You're close to it. Oh man, I uh, I've been dealing with that. I was looking at it, looking at property down there this past week. Um, Hurricane Michael hit us. I, I I can relate back to the cattle drive. The hurricane come in. I had different people coming to it, and uh, from Texas, and they took the tail run back. And he said, I don't want that nothing to do with that hurricane. I said, Man, we Florida boys, we learned to ride it out down here. But right. <laughs> the hurricane when it come through. It was so hot, you couldn't see straight, and I was nervous, and the hurricane come in, it was dry, too. And driving a cattle, leaning back to the cattle drive, mm. the hurricane come in, dropped a bunch of water, left water in about little puddles all the way along the way. That way, the, the, the dogs and cattle and everybody could water good, and it turned the temperature cool as it could be. And then the next thing you know, uh, the following week got hot as it could be, but... <laughs> But that cattle drive is for you to be in 15 miles to the west, uh, to the east of where I live in the cattle drive. Man, it started wrecking stuff. And I'm telling you, it was so wide. It wasn't the hurt, worst hurricane ever, but it hit such a big area from Panama City all the way down to, uh, Lowport St. Joe. I mean, it was just such a huge area that, that hit us. And, just ranchers are in need, man. I tell you what, it's, it's part of the cowboy way and part of the cowboy code. Whenever you get out there and you see somebody in need, uh, you know, we don't grab our cameras. We grab we grab whatever we need to go and take care of. And that's the way I was raised. And if I go down and I die early doing what's right, then, my God, that's just what God called me to do. And that's mm-hmm. the way us cowboys feel. We ain't going to stand back and watch somebody somebody in need that needs anything and, 
And if we ain't going to stand back and, what, and not stand up for what's right, because I believe in the end, when you stand up for what's right, that's what's right, and that's all I believe in. <laughs> I know, that makes I, sense. I found that to be the case. Uh, the first hurricane I went through in, in Key West, uh, where everybody came together to make sure yes, that our our neighborhood did not get looted. And uh, that was, I mean, I had never experienced anything like that except being in the West. And uh, that was a that was a pleasure. <laughs> well, to, you know, to, it's to, a, that, to see like, that. You know, in New Mexico, here in Arizona, up in Montana, yeah. uh, you your neighbor needs needs something. You help. You they get it. You yeah. know, it's no <laughs> matter what it is. You know, if it's and that, that's 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 what it's all about. It's well, guys, about the, reaching what, out and what helping each other. What hurricane was that? Oh, did you were in Key West? Oh, geez, I went through more than two dozen of them. I was there from ninety two, ninety three to two thousand eight. Uh, pick one. <laughs> did you ride out, Andrew? Oh uh, no, we got we moved there just after Andrew and saw all the devastation that Andrew had left. Yeah. My first one was Georges, and George, yeah, you bet. That was a that was, rain dropping. Oh hurricane. man, that was a <laughs> that was a Cat Three. Although officially they said Cat Two, but my wind uh, anemometer uh, went up to uh, Cat Three uh, level. So uh, yeah, I, I did volunteer work for the National Hurricane Center. I ride out hurricanes down there. <laughs> Hey, why not? Get um, your the, surfboard and go yeah, out Exactly. There, yeah. Guys, the, the show is now into its, uh, or beginning its seventh season. Are you looking for more seasons, or is it uh, going to be time to look at retirement, or, or what? What do you think? Well, I, I mean, I, I booger, if, do you mind? Go ahead um, first. Go ahead. I'll, say, I'll say this. Um, we enjoy the show. We don't enjoy every aspect of the show. I will say this first and foremost. The network that our show is on is a godsend. That is the best network mm-hmm. in the yeah. nation as far as you can take a, a two-year-old baby or a, a 99-year-old widow woman, and you can turn that. Anything on that network, there's not going to be no cussing, no sex, yeah. no drugs, no yeah. vulgar. I mean, that's just a great network, and I love working with and for that network. That being said, we don't know. Well, tell us about Glassman Media. Sir, I'm sorry. Uh, Glassman Media, those are the production company. Uh, How how closely tied are they to the Inspiration Channel? Well, they do a lot of business with them. We know Glassman. We've actually been working with Glassman for quite some time. Cody... And uh, Cody was on the first season of a show called Sweet Home Alabama on CMT. And then Bubba, he turned Bubba's name over, and he got to be a part of it on season three. And then after that, you know, they wanted to do a cowboy show, and all of us guys just knew each other and friends and all. Next thing you know, we done a lot of work there. It wasn't just a one thing. You know what? Next thing you know, boom, these guys was handed a TV show. We're looking at probably seven, eight years worth of uh, hard work with us, um, it's been probably seven, eight years since we started this thing, and there was a couple of years there, no news, and finally ISP picked us up, and we rolled on, and like I said before, it's part of God's plan, and we've been lucky to get out and push out what we believe in. There's a lot of things we could have been on TV for, like like Cody, he was on a, uh, a dating show, but you know what? Um, I wasn't on that, but when I look back, I said, you know, I could have been on TV for so many things, but here I am doing... The you cowboy love? way of life, promoting cattle, horses, dogs, and the right thing and promoting God in a good family atmosphere. What else is there? I mean, that's what I stand for. I can't be more proud to get out there and promote what I believe in. And you guys have done a couple of cooking shows, I understand. Um, they've done some, Cody and Bubba both done some dating shows. I haven't. I've actually kind of a uh, deal so let the cat out of the bag or not, but I have. But my grandmother is an excellent cook. She's cooked for the cow crew her whole life, and her mother did as well. And that's just what you done when you're a rancher's wife. I'm talking about you know twelve, fifteen man crew, mm-hmm. and uh, we put together a cookbook that's going to be coming out in season seven, Ooh. and this and here this summer is going to be available to purchase. And I'm pretty proud of that. Just like Cody has put together 
uh, his book as well. And, and Cody, I've talked to him a lot about his book, and we've been back and forth, and he's helped me a lot on it. But, um, man, I, I put a lot of cowboy stories that my grandmother has told. You know, she used to she used to gator hunt and stuff down there with my granddaddy. And they, you know, they had a market for the hides and such as that, and, and they relayed and sold these hides. And she was just as big an influence as anybody. I mean, she learned to cook for the cow crew. She had to cow hunt as well. She skinned gators with the best of them and had to sit on her own gator holes and kill gators. She tells a story about how she wounded a gator one time, and he was about an eight-footer, <laughs> and she was going to shoot him again in her barrel. She stuck her gun barrel in the mud and couldn't shoot him again. <laughs> And so she had to pull around and catch him by the tail, drag him out of the hole, and kill him with a knife. That's a great story to end on, guys. Okay. We're, we're just plumb out of time. Cody and Booger, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. We loved it, man. More fun than a sack thank full you, of squirrels. Fellas. Yeah. Really enjoyed you both. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Most, most fun. Thank you. All right. That's it. That's it for this edition of Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week when we celebrate a real uh, American uh, icon. And you'll just have to find out. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.